Welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. I'm Diane Byrne, your host for this podcast series, in which we share conversations with interesting and inspiring people in the large yacht industry. Today, I am really pleased to welcome Ben Harrison, one of the three directors of the design studio Harrison Eidsgard. The story behind the company is somewhat similar to that of other design studios, but it's also very different. In fact, the directors have extensive backgrounds in not just yacht design, but also finance. And both of these factors have had great influence on every project that they take on. Ben is here to explain how and to discuss some of Harrison Eidsgard's recent projects. So, Ben, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. Hi, Diane. Good morning. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Yes, very well. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, good to talk to you too. So let's let's go a little bit into the background of the company. Uh, like I said in the intro, your company's background is somewhat similar to other design studios in the sense that some of you have, have worked for other companies in yachting before, but there's also a nice difference, I think, from the standpoint of um, Eva's financial background. So can you talk a little bit about how you all came to work together? Absolutely. So I think... Uh... The story really sort of goes back to uh, 1999 when uh, we used to do here in London, if I, I think you understand, that there's a, a, a golden mile, if you like, in, in London on the Thames, which has the offices of Andrew Winch, uh, Bannenberg, um, also Terry Disdale, and at the time Don Starkey. And we used to have an evening sort of every now and again, a Friday night where the only stipulation was uh, drink drinks out, but without your bosses. And uh, this is where this is where Peter and I first met. So we met in 1999, and at the time, I was working for another designer called Evan Marshall. Uh, and it was over some drinks um, that we talked sort of in depth about design, and uh, found that we had a very sort of common common understanding and uh, grounds uh, for for what we felt was aesthetically good in design and um and peter spoke very highly of uh of andrew winch uh, for whom he worked at the time so i wanted to uh move to a different company and that was really where you know our conversation started and following that i applied for a job with andrew which i was successful in in, in getting um and that was really where my relationship with peter started um, and we worked together there for the following five years. Um, Peter is the exterior, so lead exterior designer uh, at Andrew Winch Designs, uh, and I was working as a, as a project manager um, for various projects up to, I think, the final one I delivered was a 60-meter Bonetti Xanadu. Um, but we really, that was where we formed our, our, our close friendship as much as anything else. And uh, then in 2005, Peter left Andrews to set up uh, his own business. And it was a year later that he then invited me to join him, uh, and we, we formed Harrison Eidsgard. Independent to that, um, Peter had met Eva and, uh, through mutual friends, and Eva at the time was working for uh, Goldman Sachs. And she, I think, wanted to look to change careers, had a great interest uh, in design and in interior design in particular. 
And so I think through that relationship, uh, Peter said, why don't you sort of join me and, and we can work together. And of course, if it doesn't work out, then so be it, in terms of design, that is. Uh, but luckily, um, Ever sort of proved to have a fantastic eye for interior decoration and colors and, and, and kind of the feel of the, of the interiors. And um, that was then 2005. I joined in 2006, so for the last, yeah, for the last 13 years, then we've been working together as Harrison Eidsgaard. Very good. So in all that time, the studio has worked on a number of different projects, but I think if if we could point to one that got people to kind of sit up and take notice, I, I would say it was probably the FedShip Tango. Um, do you, you know? Do you feel the same that you suddenly got some more attention? Um, and in general, what was special about that particular collaboration with both the owner and the shipyard? Yeah, I think t- Tango. I mean, we we always refer to the the Tango effect, um, and um, Tango really was the first. Well, it was the first big motor yacht that we had the opportunity to do. At the time, we had recently delivered sailing yacht Saudada, which was at the time the biggest uh, Wally yacht to be delivered. And there was a lot of work also on the plane front. We do we do planes as well as um, uh, super yachts. And Tango came out of a meeting that we had with the owner to discuss the BBJ aircraft. And uh, we had heard in advance that he was also thinking about doing uh, a large super yacht. And so we took the opportunity and arrived at the meeting with exterior designs for, we'd been told, a yacht in the region of of 70 to 80 meters. So we turned up at this meeting for for an aircraft and presented to the client the exterior design, which, as it happens, is pretty much exactly as she is today. And we, for the aircraft project were also up against a number of our competitors and we were lucky enough that he selected the exterior for his yacht from that drawing that we presented on that day Um, and we then had to fight very very hard to win the interior design as well Um, because we were a small company uh, we at the time even though Peter and I both had previous experience under our own name we we didn't have apart from Saudada much in the way to present in terms of our abilities in managing such a project and in designing such a project and we were very lucky that uh, the owner really gave all of his confidence to us and after yes after after quite a a fight perhaps we managed to persuade him to let us do the entire thing so as a first yacht project to be doing uh, a 78 meter fed ship was really quite something and to work with van lent um you know was was it was an incredible opportunity uh, and one that you know since then we have delivered four for other Van Lent fed ships, and I think that was really where we were able to forge a, a fantastic relationship with that particular yard, and the project ran very smoothly, and we we were lucky enough to um, to have the opportunity in the first place. Really good, terrific. 
you know, what I when I was preparing for our conversation today, I was looking back at some of the designs that your studio has created and I I noticed that there isn't what some people might call a signature style. Some studios like to have that and, and I get the sense that um you you guys don't really strive to have a particular, you know, um Harrison Eidsgard look. Is it really a conscious decision? Not really. I mean, the, the the design style, particularly, I mean, if you separate a little bit in, in the first instance, the interior and the exterior design. For the exterior design, it's interesting, uh, your comments there, because we have a lot of people who say they can easily identify, you know, a Harrison Eidsgard exterior. And, and I think that is true peter peter here is responsible for the exterior design and he, he puts it down to the so there's a particular plastic ruler which he uses which allows him to curve <laughs> all of our exteriors are initially drawn by hand so all of them start with a sketch on a piece of paper and are slowly worked up until eventually of course we develop this as a 3d computer model but those initial lines that initial kind of dynamic is created by hand and indeed using it's a little triangular plastic ruler which allows as you move the hand the pencil goes with it and it allows you to create create these curved lines it's a bit like the old you know i mean the old splines were a static version of that the old splines that we used to see in kind of naval architects um offices um so the on the exterior side i mean again interestingly some some people seem to think a lot of our things look similar. I think if you look at the details, they are very different, but there is this signature line. And hmm. we've always identified with that as perhaps, you know, an, an animal which is about to take flight. You know, it, 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 looks, it looks like it is constantly moving forward. And that's something we actually, you know, very intentionally try to achieve is that the, the boat should look purposeful. We always like to have a very strong hull shape. Uh, if you look, you will see that you know very often we don't take the, the 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 window lines too far forward in the hull, so we try to keep a, a good solid mass in the bow, uh, which gives the boat strength. We believe, um, and also I think in the proportion, the proportion, the the the, the kind of um, position of the forward windows in relation again to the bow line we try to create there should be a curve which comes from the point where the bow hits the water up and through 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 the bridge deck and through the owner's deck um, so on the exteriors i think there is definitely there is a there's a language which i think you could identify with and and would be able to identify as as one of our yachts for the interior i think again that is it is the style is very much dictated by the owner. I think most of our competitors, as well as ourselves, we're all capable of producing designs in different styles. I think where we really focus our attention then is, is the attention to detail and the joint, the, you know, the junctions and the joins. Um, that is something that is very important to us uh, in creating in creating a. a an interesting and well-finished interior. I think our design does tend towards contemporary. Um, it's, a, it's a word which is used a lot, but I think if we were asked to do a classical interior, we would look at a contemporary way of 
doing that rather than a pastiche. You know, we're not particularly, we're not necessarily the company to pastiche a design from a different era. Um, but a yacht should be comfortable. It should, I think, we always try to create something that feels like a home. Uh, very often you go on board some yachts and they feel a little bit, uh, a little bit sort of like a shop or a little bit sort of stifled of, of life. And I think we always try to make sure that the interior feels cozy and homely. Uh, and really, nowadays, with a lot of the technology, there's a lot of emphasis on, on views and glass and floor-to-ceiling. You know, ceiling heights are very important. So all of these things we bring into our, our design from, from the outset. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, in, in terms of the interiors, um, that brings me actually in a good way to another question I wanted to ask you. Um, there have been some really creative interior elements on some of your yachts and the Neptune Lounge on Atlantis from Abiking and Rasmussen is I think a, a really strong one. Um, excuse me. I'm losing my voice today. So sorry. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if, Things that are that creative and that different, um, even, you know, you could say they have the wow factor. Did things like that open the door to other clients who are super creative and very visionary? And and I would also imagine, to a certain extent, it probably pushes you and your team to kind of up the ante the next time around as well. 100%. I think Alandes, for us. First of all, we had a wonderful owner who allowed us to show her in both Monaco and Fort Lauderdale. So that, that in itself was, 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 from our perspective, fabulous to be able to, to, to actually present her to the world and, and to bring other potential clients on board to have a look at, a look at her. And Elandes, you know, you had a client there who was very, very happy to push, push the boundaries. He uh, is, is a... Is a multiple yacht owner so he knows what he wants very well uh, he's also very brave in terms of color but also the the layout of Elandes is is unusual in so much as from his experience he's he's not somebody from day one he said i don't really want a beach club what is absolutely essential to me is the ability to actually drive the tender into a garage at the back of the boat so we we have a a, a 10 meter so limo tender that drives into the back of the boat. And that's from a very practical point of view because that is the best way to launch and recover a tender, particularly in a heavy sea. So from a completely user, user perspective, that drove, in a way, the back end of Alandes because we then had this big, big element in the center of the yacht. He wanted a gym. He didn't really want a beach club. And he'd seen from Savannah the, I think it was called a Nemo lounge that they had put on there. So he said, oh, I, I like that idea of having above and below water glass. So then we worked very hard with Abiking to create something, and he was brave enough to say, you know, I really want this to be a spectacular place. So I, I think the design that we created there definitely caused quite a stir at the Monaco Yacht Show last year. Um, and it was fantastic because it showed a lot of our potential clients we are capable of doing things a little bit outside of the box. Also, if you remember the sun deck on Elandes, uh, you have this split-level sun deck with a nine-meter swimming pool on the sun deck, which again is quite unusual. And, mm-hmm. and that is all driven uh, from a, a kind of lowered 
wheelhouse which sits just above the, the bridge deck saloon lounge um, which was flipping a lot of the, the general arrangement we we had the wheelhouse then beneath that we had a lounge and actually the owner's cabin was then down on 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 main deck so we sort of flipped a lot of things around which also then gave us the profile that she has which is again quite striking and from that since that 2018 show we have had a lot of inquiries from clients who are wanting to do something a little bit different and we have a number of projects on the drawing board at the moment in various sort of various points of the process which are i think even more perhaps um, innovative than what we did with LNS. and i think hopefully if they are to come to fruition be built i think really will wow the industry great great we look forward to seeing those it's so much fun to hear how customers are, are really being bold and different and trying to really push things because I think the, uh, you know, the technology obviously is there in terms of the glass, for instance, um, but there are other things that are happening all the time that I think probably make the the comfort factors a little bit easier and give you a little bit more freedom. So those will be really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of in terms of innovation, people always ask, you know, what's the <clears throat> what's the latest craze or whatever. I, I don't think those. I think very often, it, you know, the the design is driven by the client. We're here to create the the dream, if you like, of the client who comes to us. So so that they're the drivers, not not us. But within that, it is always interesting to see, you know, how we can produce more interesting spaces or environments through particularly the use of, of you know, how technology has evolved. And glass, I think, is, um, has, has taken massive leaps in the last probably five or six years. And interestingly, something which is becoming more and more relevant is, is hybrid technology, so en- engine room uh, layout, and we're now. I think Bravo was one of one of the earlier yachts, but with a kind of hybrid propulsion system, we're now able to produce single-tier engine rooms. Now that mm-hmm. has a phenomenal effect on the layout of the yacht because you suddenly can win back a lot of space on lower deck, so next to the water, which was originally taken up by engine room, and this is allowing us to do fabulous beach clubs, you know, opening platforms, they have access to the water. I think we find that more and more clients these days are interested in, you know, health, water sports activities. They they want to be green. We had a client recently who said, you know, I cannot move forward with this project without having some sort of hybrid propulsion system because what would my children say? And, mm. you know, that's it, 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 there is a shift. I mean, we all feel it. There's a big shift in the world globally in terms of environmental concerns. You have the Blue Ocean Foundation and things like that, which are being very heavily supported by our industry. And I think that is something that we are seeing more and more, and we're having to incorporate that, which is absolutely right, within the designs from an early stage. And I think we will see exciting innovations becoming possible because of battery technology and things like that, which free up space, which was previously taken up by perhaps mechanical engineering elements. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. 
You know, and that that makes me wonder about something else. You know, as much as the customers themselves are are pushing for the hybrid and and pushing for different things. I know sometimes your studio works with some shipyards and shipyards themselves are trying to be more progressive and, uh, you know, kind of stand out a little bit more, whether it's to change their image overall or to attract this new wave of customers who are coming into the industry. So what is it like when the, the builder is the client versus an individual being the client? So if you're essentially building something on spec? Yeah, if you're doing something on spec or if a uh, if a builder comes to you and, and might want to put designs out there, if they haven't put them out yet, but they're looking perhaps to develop something to attract attention and maybe start on spec. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, cost, costs will always be there. So, you know, we know that hybrid propulsion systems are currently more costly than a conventional conventional system. Um, in terms of attracting new clients, there is still an argument, you know, which clients, some clients are prepared to pay that extra money. I think you find as the boats get bigger, uh, there is perhaps more flexibility to have a hybrid propulsion system because the, the the cost becomes less in the overall in the overall kind of picture of of of, of the vessel down at the, at the sort of 36 30, you know 36 or 40 meter range there is a very very competitive market with multiple players in it and i think the margins there become difficult uh, it, it's a very competitive market, and therefore, if by putting in a you know a hybrid propulsion system and being green, yes, you might attract some people. But if you're so much above the cost of your competitors, it could be uh, it could be that there's not enough people who are willing to make that sacrifice at the moment um, to, to 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 allow you to go down that road. I mean, I think interestingly, you know, technology it's moving so quickly that it. It, it, the cost will have to come down, you know, and I think it will become more and more the norm. And there will be, at some point, there will be a critical point whereby it becomes possible to really offer that. And then the first players in that sort of segment that offer it, I think, will benefit from that. I think at the moment, it's it's still relatively new. I mean, there's talk also, you know, we know it's possible of, of hydrogen propulsion systems, um, but that, you know, that has an awful lot more caveats that go with it. Where do you refuel? You know, you need a huge amount of tankage to, to actually have a, a sufficient, you know, hydrogen on board. Um, so th that technology, I think, is a much is much further in the distance, but definitely the the hybrid kind of hybrid engine propulsion pack is, is something that is very much here, and most yards are investing quite heavily um, to make sure that they can offer that to their clients as an option. But I think that thing at the moment it, it is an option, uh, and it, it, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I agree. So we've got about two minutes left, and I want to make sure I get I get you to um, to be you're able, I should say, to talk about some of the things you're working on now. Um, uh, you know, what are one or two projects you're working on in in the 
the near future that are pretty exciting for you and your team? So we have a lot of things. We have a lot of things at the moment. We're, we're in kind of pre, so we're in uh, tender phase for a couple of 95 meters. We have an 87 meter. Uh, we also are looking at a series of yachts with a with a shipyard, whereby we would do from sort of 36 to 50 meter. We're also working on uh, another series with a smaller company doing uh, seven and a half meters so from seven and a half meter mm. up to about 100 meter uh, we also do all the helicopters with Airbus helicopters and obviously we have our, our private jet division as well so so we have we're also actually doing a penthouse apartment here in London uh, to boot so we're busy um, and we, we've got some very very exciting I think as I said Following Alandes, we've had some great inquiries, real clients wanting something a little bit different, and I think that's what we hopefully offer. Is you know we're a, we're a young, we're young people. We 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 understand the trends at the moment, and I think we hopefully have a very dynamic studio which can deliver that. Terrific. Well, we look forward to seeing all of these these projects come through. Seven and a half to almost 100 meters is quite a range I mean you know that for, for us you know we're designers and I think design starts at the minute and goes to the massive you know and that's that's the fun of it it's, it's from the tiniest little detail to the hundred meter exterior you know and that's 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 the fun of it and design should be fun it's uh, yeah. I think we're all very very privileged to work in this in this field and my next life, I'm coming back as a designer. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ben, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been really great speaking with you and learning more about what you and the team at Harrison Guard are doing. Lovely, Diane. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone, if you'd like to learn more about what Harris Nidesgaard can do for you, you can visit their website, which is idesgaard.com. That's E-I-D-S-G-A-A-R-D. Don't forget that second A. <laughs> this wraps up this episode of Mega Yacht News Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please share the word on your social media channels, plus subscribe to our feed. You can do so automatically via Apple Podcasts. Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google Play Music. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about what's going on in the world of large yacht cruising, new construction, and design, you can check out our daily updated website, which is megayachtnews.com. Until next time, I'm Diane Byrne. Music.